I'd like for you to stand with me, if you will, please, for the reading of the word, and then we're going to pray. I want to read as a text today from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. This is familiar, I'm sure, to most of you who are Bible scholars or Bible students, or you love the Word, you're you're familiar with this passage. And uh, I'm also aware that in recent weeks and over the last couple of months, Pastor Reagan has referred to this scripture on more than one occasion. I want to use it as a text today, beginning with verse 1, therefore we also, remember anytime you see a therefore, you got to find out what it's there for. And we will do that in the message this morning. It's, it's there for a reason. It actually ties 11 and 12 together. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I want you to notice this little phrase right here, these three words, looking unto Jesus. Will you say that with me? Looking unto Jesus. One more time. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your love, your mercy, and your grace. And we thank you for what you're doing in this body of believers. We thank you, Lord, not only for Pastor Reagan and Sister Joy, but also for the leadership team that they have around them. We just pray your blessings on all this staff today, especially as we end this year and move into a new one. I pray that the favor of God will be mightily upon this house, upon its leadership, and upon this entire body of believers. I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and help us today. You are a helper, and I need your help. There's nothing good in me outside of God. And so I invite you to speak through me. Let me be an instrument through which your words can can, uh, flow through with an anointing that will reach not just the ears of this congregation, but their hearts. Give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and to respond for the glory of God in Christ's name. Amen and amen. God bless you, and you may be seated. I want to refer to uh, an incident that happened in the ministry in the life of the Lord Jesus with his disciples to sort of springboard from that into the entirety of this message today. Uh, I've titled this message Straight Ahead, and my text out of all those, that passage that I read, those two fairly long verses in Hebrews chapter 12. Those three words, looking unto Jesus. you got to look straight ahead if you look to Jesus. He's not going to be wavering off to the right nor to the left or falling behind. Or If you see Jesus, you got to look ahead. you got to look ahead. So straight ahead. But the incident that I want to refer to, instead of talking about it, let me just read uh, ten verses that will give you the complete story, and then you'll see what I'm pulling from that to give you this message today. It's in Matthew chapter 14, verses 23 to 33. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. 
But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. Now I want to stop here and tell you why they thought it was a ghost and why this so alarmed them. And if you just do a cursory reading through this, you'll just say, and they were troubled saying it is a ghost. That, that's, if, if you really saw what happened, you would have seen 12 disciples screaming, it's a ghost. And here's why. It literally sent shivers of fear through them. Because in the folklore of that day, the story was that if you're in a storm on the sea and you see a ghost, it's an omen that's telling you you're going to die. So can you imagine what it felt like when they looked out there and saw somebody walking on the water? They thought it was a ghost. And we probably would have too. And so they were alarmed, and not only alarmed, they were frightened within an inch of their life, just about to go down in despair. But notice this. But immediately Jesus spoke to them. That's why he did it immediately. He didn't wait around to see if they recognized him or anything. He immediately responded because he knew when he heard them scream what they were thinking and what was going through their hearts and minds. So immediately he spoke to them by saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Oh, what comforting words. It was hard for them to take in, but... Uh, they didn't think ghosts talked like that. And so they, they, they realized that it was Jesus. By the way, that phrase, be not afraid or do not be afraid or fear not, something of that nature, it's in your Bible over 365 times. There's a do not fear for every day of the year. In other words, the Lord does not want you to be afraid. We're not supposed to live in fear. In fact, God has not given us the spirit of fear, Amen. but of power and love and a sound mind. That's how God wants you to live. Be not afraid. Uh, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Boy, they were convinced when they saw that miracle. Amen? Now, <clears throat> I'm going to point two things that I want you to kind of keep in your mind as I go into this message, and I'm going to give you three points about looking into Jesus. But the two things I want you to keep in mind here, and, and you, I want you to get it from this story that I just read to you from Peter. He started, I'm talking about Simon Peter now. He started with the proper look. When he saw Jesus and he said, Lord, if it's, if it's really you, if, that, if that's you that I'm looking out out there, bid me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, Come. One word. Now, we, we talk about Peter walking on the water. I'd rather say that Peter walked on the word. 
He got down out of that boat and stepped on that word from Jesus that said, come. That's all he needed, one word. You don't need a lot, folks. You just need a word from God. Some of you need a word in this service this morning. In your situation right now, you need a word from the Lord. And I believe God can give you a word. And so he gave him a word. He said, come. And on that one word, Simon Peter stepped out of that boat and started walking across the water, coming to Jesus until second thing remember the improper look almost cost him his life because the bible said then he saw he had to have taken his eyes off jesus he looked at the water and he saw the waves lapping up the result of the wind being so furious he saw that the wind was boisterous and he became afraid. Fear gripped his heart because he stopped looking at the word, stopped working, walking on the word, and he began to sink. Keep those two things in mind. And here's the application of this. If we look around us today at 2020, there's plenty to cause us to be disturbed, disappointed, fearful, um, despondent, some people have given up in despair. Uh, suicide rates rather high right now because of people who have lost hope and they've just given up. The reason for that, they're looking at the circumstances around them. They're looking at their situation. They're looking at the winds and the waves. They've taken their eyes off Jesus. And if that happens to you, and I, I can understand there's, there's a businesses are shutting down and schools are closing and there are layoffs and the death counts up and hospitals are full and there are lockdowns that are mandated and on and on and on and on you could go. There's, there's enough problems out there in the world today to cause any of us to give up in despair if we allow it to. If you're concerned with your circumstances, let me tell you, you'll begin to sink just like Simon Peter did. However, if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus, <laughs> here's the message, straight ahead, straight ahead, just keep your eyes on Jesus. We're coming through this. We're going to get through it. Amen. It won't be long until 2020 vision will actually be hindsight, or hindsight will be 2020. Just, just a few more days. But... Uh, you, you, you've got to focus on Jesus. So three points. Number one, if you must look around, don't look at your circumstances. Look at that great cloud of witnesses. Remember I said, I'll tell you what the there is there, therefore is therefore. Therefore is tying chapter 12 to chapter 11. And chapter 11 is the hallmark of faith for the faithful. It's the hero's uh, hall of fame. Starts off with Abel, he worshiped God. Goes on to Enoch, who walked with God. Goes on to Noah, who worked with God. Goes on to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all the way down through the, uh, the hallmark of the faithful, people who did great exploits for God. And it also tells of some of the suffering of some of those people. They, they went through some terrific problems and difficulties. That, that, that uh, great cloud of witnesses. And so here's the thing. If you must look around, and I know it's hard to stay focused all the time. 
especially when all these distractions are coming. If you watch the news, it's hard not to be distracted. You can lose faith in a hurry if you watch the news. It's a faith killer. Amen. So uh, I'm not telling you not to ever watch it, but I am telling you don't focus on it. Because that's not, no, no, no. We, we're, we're of another kingdom. Amen. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Go ahead and give the Lord praise. He's worthy of it today. But the writer of Hebrews says that, that all of those people, and I don't have time to go through all those names in chapter 11, but he said all of them, and you add to them since the word was written. I'm not saying add to the word. I'm just saying that great cloud of witnesses is all ever growing. It's getting bigger and bigger all the time because they're not the only ones who died in faith. There were others since then. Great, great. Our forefathers who faith and, and in that great cloud of witnesses. When I think about that great cloud of witnesses, I think not only all these heroes in the Bible, but I think of some of my own heroes in the faith. I believe my mother and dad are in that hall of fame of the faithful watching that great cloud of witnesses. I got a brother there watching. I've got, uh, I've got my uncle that uh, preached the message when I got saved and gave my heart to Jesus. And I was at his church when the Lord called me to preach and just a great cloud of witnesses. In fact, the writer says, when it, if, you, if you dig into the Hebrew, that great cloud of witnesses, it is as though the grandstands are filled all the way up to the top with a massive group all the way around us, and we're in the middle of that arena making our way through life, and they're cheering us on. They're saying, come on, come on, you can make it. We did. We went through the fiery furnace, and we came out victorious. We went through the lion's den, and we came out victorious. We went through fire and flood and, and all kinds of persecution and trials and temptations and struggles, but we made it. Come on, you can too. You can make it. You can make it. You can make it. So if you've got to look around, I know it's hard to stay focused. Um, I don't know if you were like this when you, when you disciplined your children or not, but when, when my kids were small and I was trying to correct them, get a point across to them, I'd, I'd try to make them look at me. Look at me. I'm talking to you. Look at me. Look me in the eye. And uh, <laughs> you know what your kids do. They'll know. But then they're doing this. They're, they, it's so hard, especially if they're guilty of something. It's hard for them to look you in the eye. But it's hard sometimes to stay focused. So let me say this to you this morning. If you must look around, make it brief, and make sure you look at that great cloud of witnesses. Amen? Don't look at the circumstances and situation of this world. It'll cause you to lose faith. Look at that great cloud of witnesses. Grab your Bible. Get into it. Look at look, what does the word say about this. Find out what. Look at that great cloud of witnesses. Keep your focus in the right place. Look. Look unto Jesus. If you, if you got to look around, make it brief. Um, the second thing that I want to say about this is don't waste time looking back. Don't waste time looking back. And here's why. We're not going back. I don't, I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to discourage you. 
I don't want to bust your balloon. I hear this all the time. Boy, I can't wait till we get back to normal. I don't know what normal is. But if it's something in the past, if it's 2019, we're never going back to what we used to call normal. I, I'm sorry, folks. It's, it, this is a new day. This is a new year coming. This is a new era. God has turned a page on his calendar. And we're not going back. There's not going to be church as usual. It, not in the future. So you're not going back. In fact, don't waste your time looking back. That's the reason in your car, your mirror is a little bitty glass up here. Your windshield's a great big glass. You, you got to look forward. Amen. If you drive looking in that rear view mirror, it won't be long until you run the ditch or you'll hit a telephone pole or something. Reminds me of a little boy in Sunday school. His teacher was teaching him about Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, when Lot and his wife and his family went out of Sodom and Gomorrah, the angel told him not to look back. But uh, Lot's wife looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. A little boy raised his hand and said, that's nothing. My mama was driving down the street the other day. She looked back and turned into a telephone pole. <laughs> Don't look back. If you spend your time focusing on the past, you're going to run in a ditch. Go forward. Go forward. In fact, <clears throat> let me read to you what Paul said about looking back in Philippians 3, 13 and 14. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. I love that about Paul. He doesn't say, here's 10 things I do. He said, here's one thing I focus on, one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. He said, this one thing I do, I'm focused. I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead. I'm looking ahead. Um, So... Don't look around, don't look back, but do this and you'll make it. Look to Jesus. That's my third and final point. I, I had an experience back in, on April, I'm sorry, on November the 28th. Uh, unlike anything I've ever had in my whole Christian experience, I've been serving the Lord since I was a little boy. I started preaching when I was 11 years old. So my whole life has been serving God and preaching the gospel. But I had an experience on November the 28th. I'm talking about this year, just a few weeks ago. I I was in my prayer room. Uh, It's a closet. And I I was in the closet praying. And the Lord spoke to me in, in my spirit, not an audible voice, but I knew it was the voice of God. You learn to hear with your spirit. God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body, but we are spirit. That's the real you. When the spirit moves out of your body, we'll bury it because the body will be gone, but you won't be gone. 
or the, the body will be dead, but you won't be dead. You, you'll be either with the Lord or somewhere else that you don't want to be. Amen? Let's hope you'll be with the Lord. But, but anyway, I, I heard the voice of God in my spirit, and it caught me so by surprise that I, 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 I just kind of flinched. It stopped me from my praying. I was praying the Spirit, and I heard that. And, and here was the word. You'll understand why it caught me so by surprise. The Lord spoke to me and said, would you like a job? And, and I, I just, it startled me. I said, am I hearing you, Lord? He said, do you want a job? Would you like to have a job? And I said, well, Lord, I hadn't even thought about a job. I said, I'm, I'm enjoying retirement. I'm, I'm enjoying this. I, I thank you for it. My standard answer, and I've probably heard many times that when people ask me, preacher, how, how long do you think it'll take you to adjust to retirement? And I tell them it took me about 30 minutes. <laughs> and then the Lord said this, would you like to work for me? And I said, well, Lord, I'd be honored to do anything for you. What would you like for me to do? And he said, I would like for you for the next 21 days to get up every morning, just like you do, but I want you to get ready like you're going to work. And I want you to come to this prayer closet, and I want you to spend eight hours a day with me, just like you're going to work. And I said, God, I'd just be honored to do that. And so from November the 28th until December the 18th, through December the 18th, I spent eight hours a day with the Lord. And I got to tell you, church, in all of my years of serving God, I've never experienced the continual sweetness of his presence and the revelation that he gave me day after day. I've written page after page in my prayer journal of things that the Lord opened to me during that time. Some of it I could share publicly, and I have some things I'll be sharing with Pastor Reagan that relates to this church and other things that are very personal. And, but the presence of the Lord. In fact, several years ago, a friend of mine pointed out a verse of Scripture to me in Exodus, I think it's 22, somewhere along there. But anyway, it was when Moses was talking with God, and God spoke to Moses. And for some reason, I'd read this many, many, many times, but this little phrase had just never did stand out to me. But my friend pointed out to me, he said, read that. God said to Moses, there is a place by me. And that was, that was right before, if you'll remember, Moses was crying out. He said, Lord, I want to see your glory. And the Lord put him in the cleft of the rock. And then the Lord held his hand over the rock until he passed by and then lifted his hand and let, let Moses see the glory of God as it passed on by him. But that little phrase, there's a place by me. And I've prayed about that place for probably 10 or 15 years now. I've said, Lord, I'd like to experience that. I'd like to find that place by you. And Pastor Reagan, I found that place during those 21 days by the Lord. 
It's, it would be impossible. I don't have words. I, my vocabulary is not broad enough for me to explain or express to you what that felt like. I have never experienced a joy that's completely unspeakable and full of glory like that place by the Lord. I wasn't there long. I don't know if this physical body can even could stand it because the glory of the Lord is so powerful and so mighty and so strong. But church, there's a place by him that is sweeter, that's more precious, that's more glorious, that's more enjoyable, that's a height of ecstasy and ex- uh, just exuberance and beyond anything that there is in this world. There's just, there's just nothing in this world that can compare with it. And, and one of the things that I received, I'm going to read you a portion of what I wrote down on December the 4th. The Lord showed me, and this is not new to me. Some of you have had the same revelation. In fact, I had a, 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 one of our staff members came to me after the first service this morning and said, Pastor Bowen, I had a dream of that very thing that you shared this morning. And I said, thank you for sharing that with me because I know that that's confirmation to me because when God is speaking, he's saying the same thing. God's not schizophrenic. When I hear somebody saying something that's off the wall over here from something I hear over here, somebody's missing it. What God is saying is right here and it's the same thing. Amen. He's talking to me and he's talking to you. And by the way, he's talking all the time. If we'll just get in tune with him where we can hear you know, there's a radio station right up over at I-20 on, on right before you get to Wrightsboro Road. There's a big radio station. In fact, they're, self, they're putting out signals all the time. In fact, those signals are running right through this room right now. And there's not a one of us hearing it. At least I hope not. I hope you're not out there listening to radio. But if you pick up a radio and tune in, you'd, you'd get it. Right? It's there. It's not that God isn't speaking. He's speaking all the time. You just got to get your antenna right. You got to get your receiver right. And you got to get in tune. But this is what the Lord said to me on the 4th of December. I'm going to read a portion of it. I'm not going to read all of it because it gets into a lot of detail that I'm not uh, at liberty to share right now. But here's what the Lord said to me. He said, there is soon to be a great shaking. And I understood that to be a shaking greater than what we experienced in 2020. There is to be a great shaking. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken, fulfilling my word in Hebrews 12, 27. And if you read that, you'll find out why God did that. He said, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that those things which cannot be shaken will remain. God's going to shake. America's going to experience it. The world's going to experience it. There's coming a shaking that's greater than anything we've ever known. But when it's over, those things which cannot be shaken are going to shine like the sun. Our greatest opportunity. Yes, give the Lord praise. Our greatest opportunity and our greatest days are ahead of us. While I, while I was hearing that and writing as fast as I could write, suddenly in my spirit, I saw myself in our house. And I was looking out the window, and stuff was flying everywhere. I mean, there were couches and chairs and refrigerators and rooftops and everything. And, and it dawned on me, we, we must be in the middle of a tornado. 
I mean, stuff was flying all around. However, I noticed that I was at perfect peace. There was no fear. There was no apprehension. There was no anxiety. And so I looked down and I, and I noticed our house wasn't being shaken at all. The windows weren't rattling. In fact, I looked around, and it wasn't even touching our yard. The leaves weren't even blowing. The limbs weren't even bending. We were at perfect peace. And I I realized we were looking unto Jesus in the middle of that storm. And so we, we were perfectly safe and at perfect peace. I also perceive that this was a demonstration in the physical of what's going to happen in the spirit realm. And then I saw churches falling. I saw political structures falling. I saw politicians being exposed and shaking in their boots. Conversely, there were also churches that were standing tall and strong in the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Listen, folks, if Peter can walk on water as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, so can you. So can you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can walk on water. If you keep your focus on Jesus, you can walk on top of your trouble. You can walk on top of your circumstances. You can walk on top of the failures and the problems and the cares and the difficulties of life. Focus on Jesus. Look to Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. Praise God. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright in the morning star. He's the rose of Sharon. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. He's our Lord and Savior and our soon coming king. Look to Jesus and you can live. Now notice in that portion that I read to you this morning, when it said looking to Jesus, it said because of that great cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on and because we're focusing on Jesus, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset you. And I'm, I'm telling you from my heart this morning, church, we get, we're not going to be able to play church in 2021. Those days are over. And I'm not being critical of you. I'm talking about in the church world in general. The days of playing church are over. Those days are behind us. And the days of fooling. Listen, when God brings judgment on the earth and judgment is coming, he has to first start to be a just God. He has to first start at the house of God. So if there's sin in your life, it's time to get rid of it. Amen? If you're holding on to a bunch of stuff that's weighting you down and keeping you from your calling, from your burden, from your ministry, from your place in the Lord, from your prayer closet, from your Bible reading, from your witnessing, if you're holding on to weights like, get rid of them. Turn them loose. It's time to lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. And let's run this race with patience, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. And this morning he's at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and me. Praise the Lord. Let me conclude. And I want to conclude with a story from 
the book of Numbers, chapter 21. You can read it later, verses 4 to 9. There was a time when the children of Israel, were, they were in journey from Egyptian bondage on their way to the promised land. And they had these bouts. It, it happened to them. It's kind of a recurring thing that happened to them. Every once in a while, they'd get down in the dumps and, and start complaining. I don't know how many times the Bible talks about children of Israel complaining. And it uses, the old, the old King James Version uses a word that we don't use anymore, but I, it's one of, to me, it's a, I almost get tickled when I hear it. It's a horrible word. It said they murmured, murmur. They were murmuring, murmur, 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 murmur. They're just complaining. And it's one thing to complain to each other, but the Bible says in Numbers chapter 21 that they actually complained against God. Now, let me tell you, it's one thing to complain about each other. When you start complaining about God, you, you better be careful. Amen? By the way, he, he holds your breath in his hands. <laughs> you don't want to complain against God. But they complained against God, and they complained against Moses and all the leadership. And God allowed serpents to just come from everywhere. I mean, snakes from every direction just came into the children of Israel and started biting and killing poisonous snakes. And I mean, dead bodies were, were just falling like cordwood. And Moses went before God, interceding, Oh, God, please, in your judgment, remember mercy. Please remember mercy, Lord. Please have mercy. Tell us what to do. And God told Moses, he said, make a, make a serpent out of brass, brazen serpent we refer to it as, and put it on a pole and hoist it high and tell everybody to look, to look at that serpent on the pole and they'll live. And so the children of Israel, when they saw that serpent on a the pole, they looked to it. And you say, preacher, oh, that's, a, that's an Old Testament portion of Scripture and that, that's under Old Covenant and everything. But listen, that, that situation was so important, it might surprise you where it shows up in the New Testament. You remember where it shows up in the New Testament? How many of you know John 3.16, the golden text of the Bible, for God so loved the world? Are you familiar with that? Let me back up two verses, John 3.14 and read through 16. Are you ready for this? And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then here's the one you know. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In other words, John says, here is a type and shadow from the Old Testament. That's what it was. It was a type and a shadow of what later would be Jesus that would be lifted up on a cross. And remember, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. So as, and I, I, I've thought about it. For those people that were being bitten by snakes that day, a plague, you're talking about a plague hitting. It was worse than COVID-19. I mean, a, a plague had hit them. Judgment had hit them. 
But when Moses lifted up that servant, that serpent, on a, on a, a, a hoisted up on a rod, they looked at it. For some people, it was a saving look because they looked at it before they got bit and they were saved from the snake bites. For whatever reason, as long as they were looking at that mark that God gave them for deliverance and victory, they were saved. The snakes didn't bite them. Some looked at that serpent and it was a healing look. They'd already been bitten. The poison was already going through their bloodstream and they could fall dead at any moment. But when they got a look, it was a healing look. And then for some, it was a delivering look. They were delivered from, from the, the, the whole plague that was going on. They were set free. They were, they were free from it. A deliverance came to them and their whole household. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a dad whose little boy has just been bitten by a snake and he grabs him as quick as he can and he holds him up as high as he can. He says, son, look, 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 look right there, son. Look, look. And his little boy looks and the disease, the fever leaves his body. The color comes back into his face and the swelling goes down and he's healed. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, look to Jesus, look to Jesus. Let me tell you, as we close out, this is the last Sunday this year. Next Sunday will be a brand new year. If you'll go into 2021 with a determination to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, you'll make it. You'll make it. You'll make it. Your job may shut down. Your household may be hit. There may be some terrible circumstances coming your way, but if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus, you'll come through. You'll come through. We're going to make it to the other side. And we're going to make it with victory. He's already won the victory over death, hell, and the grave. There's nothing that can hold us back from total ultimate victory because we're going to glory to God. In fact, we are already seated together with him in heavenly places. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. Stand with me, please, if you will. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Would you bow your head with me for just a moment, please? And I want you to search your own heart. What are you looking at? Where are you looking? Are you discouraged because your circumstances? Don't look at those very long. Look at that. If you've got to look around, look at that great cloud of witnesses. Amen. Amen. Daniel saying, come on, boys, come on, you can make it, you can make it. Three Hebrew children saying, come on, guys, you can make it, you can make it. Joshua said, come on, come on, come on, you can make it, you can make it. We're going to, we're going to, there may be giants in the land, but that don't, that's no big deal for God. He's bigger than this. David said, come on, you may feel like you're a little boy. Facing a great big giant, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The giants are going to have to fall. We're coming through with victory. What are you looking at? Some of you this morning, maybe you need a saving look. 
Maybe you're not right with God. You came to church this morning just kind of going through the motions, and we're glad you're here, but as you begin to search your heart and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you, you realize that you're not really ready if Jesus should come today. And I want to tell you, folks, his coming is a lot nearer than we realize, a whole lot nearer. And if for any reason this morning you're not sure about your salvation, look to Jesus. For you it will be a saving look. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. I want to invite you to give your heart to the Lord before you leave this morning. Some of you may be struggling physically. I want to tell you just as sure as they were able to look at that brazen serpent, the writer John said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, he said, Jesus would be lifted up. For God so loved the world that he gave his own life. There's healing in the Lord Jesus. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, chastised for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. You can be healed this morning. Some of you may need deliverance and freedom from maybe those sins that you need, the sins that you need to lay aside, maybe some of them have become bondage to you. Could be an addiction. It could be a, could be a feels like a family curse. It's something that's been passed down from generation to generation, a weakness, and you keep, you keep falling prey. You get up and you mean to do well, and before long you fall right back into the same old habit and the same old pattern. You can be delivered from that today. Just look to Jesus. I'm going to pray in just a minute before I turn the service back to Pastor Reagan. But I want you to know that the altar's open. If you'd like to come forward, you can just find a place to kneel. We're not going to have any workers to come up. Nobody's going to surround you. and You can maintain a distance if you want to come and pray. But if you say, Preacher, I, I, I just I want to exercise my faith. I want to step out. I want to step forward. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. I'm not ashamed to, to admit that I need the Lord. I'm not ashamed to admit that I need to get refocused today. I need to go into 2021 with my focus on Jesus. And I, I just like to go to the altar. Just, I just feel like kneeling before him. If you'd like to do that, the altar's open all over the building. You can come. Or you can pray right there at your seat, wherever you're comfortable. We want, but But... Let's just pray. While you're praying, I'm going to pray with you and for you. Father, thank you for this opportunity this morning to pray. I thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's in this service today. For those that are looking online, I pray, O oh Lord, that you'll speak to every heart, speak to every need, speak to every life. And help us, O oh Lord Jesus, to get ourselves focused on you. Oh, hallelujah. Help us, Lord. Holy Spirit, help us to have the strength and the, and the courage today to lay aside every weight, lay aside the besetting sins and determine that we're going to keep focused on Jesus. This is going to be a year of victory ahead for the glory of God. In the powerful, strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Don't be in any hurry. People are praying and it's okay. We'll just pray as long as you'd like. Appreciate you and thank you for giving me the opportunity to share with you today. Thank you, Pastor Reagan. God bless you. Give Jesus a hand.